Welcome to Behind the Name. We are your hosts, and my name is Nikita De Haan. And my name is Irenaeus Snell. And in this podcast series, we talk with female athletes about their lives and their personal brands. Let's get ready. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Name. Today's guests are Jackie Altschult and Dakota Chan, friends and teammates who are playing for FC Honka in Finland. So welcome to you both. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. So excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, we are also very excited. Are you the only two without the Finnish nationality in the team? Yeah, so I'm American and then Dakota, you can tell them where you're from. I'm from Vancouver, Canada. I can imagine that as two like foreigners playing in one team with a lot of uh, locals, so to say, it's easier to connect with each other. Is that why you became friends? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of the reasons, you know, we become friends. Um, I think we clicked very easily from the beginning. But a lot of times when you're playing overseas, you might be one of the only foreigners. You get lucky having a couple others because a lot of the the homegrown girls or Finnish girls, they have kind of their life outside of football. They're either working or going to school. You know, they have their own kind of circle of friends, family, just kind of they have their life going on here. Whereas for us, you know, it's a completely new place, new environment. But I mean, the team here has been super welcoming. Everyone has welcomed us and they're all our friends. But yeah, it's definitely kind of nice to have another teammate friend in the same situation. In what language do they communicate? They speak Finnish, which might be one of the hardest languages to learn. So yeah, we've tried, you know, learning the language, but it's nice. A lot of these European countries, English is a um, very common language. The other nice thing is our coach is Canadian also. So his first language or Um, he speaks English, so English is spoken a lot in our team environment. So not a huge adjustment for us, but there are definitely conversations that go on and finish that, you know, Dakota and I look at each other. And we're just kind of like, don't really know what's going on. <laughs> just smile and nod. <laughs> you also share the fact that you're both gluten intolerant or gluten free only by choice. <laughs> We we joke uh, by choice. The gluten intolerant kind of chose us. So I think one of the unique things about um, both Dakota and I is this is something that we kind of developed over the last couple years. It wasn't, you know, it's not celiac disease, which a lot of people are born with. So we've kind of been able to share, you know, stories about how big of an adjustment, you know, just the last couple of years it's been for us growing up you kind of especially as a as a football player you you get so accustomed to certain diet eating certain things to help you fuel for games and trainings and then you know when all of a sudden you can't tolerate those foods I know for me personally it was a huge adjustment trying to figure out what you know sits well what doesn't you know what makes me feel prepared for games so I know Dakota, you can kind of share on that too. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
I'm also allergic to peanuts and nuts, so I've dealt with sort of eliminating or avoiding a food group my whole life, but I've only become gluten-free within maybe the last year or so, so it's a pretty new thing for me, and like Jackie said, it was a huge adjustment because everything that I had gone by before with regards to fueling for training and games was kind of out the window, and I was trying to navigate this new sort of nutrition diet that I hadn't done before. So yeah, it's definitely different. And I feel like I'm still learning and adjusting every day, uh, especially being in a foreign country with different brands and sort of food culture. Um, But it's definitely helpful having someone else who's also gluten intolerant. I feel like I've learned a lot from Jackie and she's been super helpful with sort of guiding me being in Europe for the first time. So yeah. And how how did you both figure out that you were gluten intolerant? Um, for me, I know this happened to me when I was playing um, in Iceland. I just I got the stomach flu one week. And then after that, I just had such a hard time digesting food. And like I said, I've eaten gluten my entire life, especially, you know, before games, eating big dishes of pasta sandwiches. And it took me a while because I, I was almost in denial that you know, something I've eaten in my whole life now all of a sudden wasn't, um, you know, being tolerated. So it was just kind of a process of elimination. I worked with a dietitian just because, again, I couldn't figure out why I wasn't feeling well. You know, it it affected me feeling before games because I just was too too worried to eat. So I wasn't eating enough. So it was, yeah, just process of elimination. And as soon as I stopped eating it, I felt a hundred times better. Same for you, Dakota? Pretty much, yeah. I kind of, I, um, last year was sort of a tragic allergic reaction year for me. Um, I had two pretty serious ones to nuts. And then after those, I sort of was just feeling sick almost every single time I ate food. And obviously trying to go on the pitch and play is pretty hard when you feel nauseous all the time. And so, I just started researching potential ways to do an elimination diet. And the first thing I tried was gluten and I immediately felt better. Like my stomach problems and feelings of nauseousness went away. So I, it worked and I've just stuck with it since then. And how have you been able to combine this gluten-free lifestyle with like performing on the pitch? Um, I feel like... As athletes, there's some like nutrition pillars that we kind of follow with regards to getting in enough carbs, protein, fiber, and then obviously fruits and vegetables. And so mainly for me, it was finding ways to get carb sources that were gluten free. So instead of having like bread or pasta, I was now eating rice and potatoes or specifically getting gluten free bread. Um, And it goes the same with like pre-training snacks or like halftime fuel I'd be going for more like fruit or some type of homemade oat bar rather than a packaged snack that would obviously have gluten in it and it definitely took some trial and error like some things I felt maybe like foggy after eating whereas sometimes they went down really easily and I felt good so it also was just definitely a lot of trial and error over like a month or two. Yeah, um, Dakota hit it, you know, rice and potatoes kind of replace, you know, your traditional pasta and bread fueling. Um, And it is, it was just a lot of trial and error. And I think it just made me, I guess, be a little more 
focus and pay more attention to my diet in terms of being, you know, a high level athlete, making sure you are getting enough carbs, protein, because if you aren't, it affects your performance, you know, just feeling sluggish on the field, tired. Um, It was just one of those things. It was like, okay, I need to, whether it's prepare meals the day before a game, just already know what I'm eating in the morning. Cause a lot of times, you know, if you're on the go, it's a lot easier to, you know, stop in a shop and grab some a, a snack or, you know, kind of a pre-made breakfast, whereas there aren't as many gluten-free options available. So it's, it's a lot of kind of just thinking ahead, preparing, you know, again, making sure you're getting enough to eat. I think that's the biggest thing for me is now just, I have to um, just pay closer attention because not everything is as easy just you know grabbing pre-made meals yeah but is that mm-hmm. special extra guidance for you to or for maybe if there are more players in the team um, because of the gluten intolerance um we're the only two with the gluten intolerance and you know the club we're playing for here is a little bit on the smaller side they kind of just have the bare necessity football resources um they're definitely trying to expand i know they've mentioned some talk about like a nutritionist or dietitian but again i think it becomes very specific when you're dealing with a gluten intolerance i think the nutritionist or dietitian they have is just gonna educate on just you know feeling your body for performance as an athlete I don't think it's specifically for a gluten intolerance so it's good you have each other then Jackie yes, has been my my nutrition <laughs> guidance person on the team so <laughs> yeah that ha- that helps a lot because I I can imagine it can it can be confusing it can be difficult and if you have this this experience that you share together it's uh well it's helpful always right Mm -hmm. I think like Dakota said just being in a a foreign country you know in your home country you kind of get used to certain brands you're familiar with you know you create a routine when you're grocery shopping you know what you're buying whereas here you kind of have to navigate that different differently and especially when things are in a different language it's a lot of again just time consuming sitting there in the aisles you know looking stuff up translating things on your phone, making sure you're getting stuff that's gluten-free and that doesn't have gluten in it because that's the last thing we want. <laughs> Do they have the logos, like the gluten-free logos on the on the products in Finland? Yes, I think so. I actually think Jackie's the one who told me that if I look for a specific logo that's like a wheat sign with the circle crossed out, that's definitely something that's gluten-free. Always good to know. Eh? <laughs> it makes it easier. <laughs> Uh, yes. Sometimes you have to replace food with, I don't know, maybe something that's not so tasty. Is that a is that a thing or is it actually all good? It, I think <laughs> the biggest thing I've noticed, like, with gluten-free, more so like breads and pastries, they're a lot drier and kind of they crumble. So it's hard, it's tough to find good, like, gluten-free bread. I think that's the biggest thing I notice as far as, like, pastas and stuff. It's, you know, when you add enough sauce and Parmesan cheese, it, it kind of all tastes the same. <laughs> so <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. And do you guys sometimes eat together or do you guys live together? Oh, 
we don't live together, but we are trying to find a place <laughs> together right now, actually. Funny you mentioned that. We live kind of far apart, so I feel like we don't eat together a ton, but we definitely talk about our meals, what we've been cooking and baking, and products we find in the grocery store all the time. So it almost is as if we've been eating together. <laughs> you can you share recipes and stuff? Yeah. yeah. You can actually make a, a, a cookbook. I like that. <laughs> idea. This became part of your your personality, your lives. Do you see it as part of your identity? Um, kind of like, unfortunately, yes. Um, it it does dictate like a huge part of my life, and I've just kind of embraced it. Um, you know, Dakota and I joke about it all the time. Um, I think. When I first was going through it, again, like I said, I was very much in denial. No, it can't it can't be pasta. It can't be bread. Like I've eaten this, you know, for 20 years. But now, yeah, we're we're the gluten free gals on the team. So I guess it is an identity. Yep. Walking tummy troubles together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny. I saw I saw it on your Instagram as well. The gluten free girls and the gluten free gang. Did you come up with it yourself? Yeah, I think we just, again, we joked about it. I've also seen, you know, thanks to Instagram now, um, there's like a whole community of gluten-free people. So I, there's there's a whole gang out there. So I think we're just kind of um, admitting ourselves in there. You feel like you're you're building a sort of a community about your identities? I think you kind of see again, thanks to social media, everyone can kind of, you know, share stories, relate. Um, I'm a part of like a couple gluten-free recipe, like Facebook groups, just again, for extra help and assistance, you know, looking up things to eat because it, it can get boring eating the same thing every day. So when I need kind of some help or guidance or just um, insight, I kind of turn to some of those pages um so yeah I think you know there is there is a community out there and I think you see it with a lot of other things too yeah I really appreciate this formation of the sort of gluten-free community as well because I think I've always been a little bit like embarrassed about having an allergy and now a gluten intolerance I just feel like very much so like an inconvenience to people um but knowing that I'm not alone and that there are other people who are also having to deal with this and make these Um, extra lifestyle changes makes me have less of that sort of feeling. Would you see yourself then also maybe as a one of these role models for people who have the same situation as you had maybe in the past but feeling insecure about it? Would you like to be one of these gluten-free girls role models? I guess yeah for sure like it's nice so with social media sort of having people to turn to and sort of be an inspiration in um, like mindset lifestyle wise but also just food wise but it does go beyond recipes so if I'm able to be that sort of person who makes someone feel more comfortable in their skin or their dietary lifestyle and stuff then yes for sure. Yeah and I think especially um, us as football players whether you know it's young football players or even players who are playing professionally like we are um I think it's very important you know for us we can be able to share our stories about now how we've kind of figured out the proper way to um feel our body get ready for training matches whatever it is I think that's a 
uh, a big thing we can do is just, again, just continuing to share what we've been through and what has worked for us and helped us. Do you think that part of your identity, you can use that part of your identity to, for example, look for sponsorships? Yeah, I mean, it's something I've been trying to do kind of the last probably six months. Um, you know, we've talked about just how big social media is now and, you know, creating a brand for yourself. Um, so for me, you know, it's something I like to make personal, um, you know, not just kind of looking for, oh, like whatever will sponsor me, get, you know, free products. Um, I like to kind of use it as what is personal to me, you know, what I use every day. And again, the gluten-free diet is something that, like I said, is kind of an identity. So if I can, you know, find those sponsorships and then again, share with those companies how I'm using their products in my lifestyle. How about you, Dakota? Um, yeah, the sponsorship side of things is new to me, but definitely the same as Jackie, like finding someone who has sort of values that align with mine and trying to show them how I am would be using their product and how it could be, I guess, like reaching more people or be sort of like an inspiration. You, you say it's new for you, Dakota? Yeah, you're not looking at the moment for sponsors or you're just starting with that or... Um, yeah, I would say I'm just starting out right now. I haven't, I guess, worked a ton on my personal brand or like collaborating with brands yet, but that's something that I definitely want to work on. And how is the process at the moment going? Looking for these kind of brands and what Jackie said last six months, a little bit more uh, intense looking? Actually, um haven't been specifically looking for gluten-free brands, but in college I studied climate science. So I actually, this is in a diff, little bit of a different direction, but I really want to work with um, organizations that are looking at sustainability in sports, because I think it would be really crucial for me to use my platform to spread awareness about, you know, saving the planet, climate change and sustainability. And so, yeah, I've just been trying to research organizations that are, doing that sort of thing, what they value, what I would be able to do to get involved. Um, yeah, just in like a researching state right now. And Jackie, tell, tell us a little bit more about your process so far. Yeah, I've had a little bit of luck. I mean, it's a lot of just, you know, reaching out to these companies, kind of pitching a story about who you are, what you can, you know, do for the company in return not necessarily like seeking sponsorships right away. I think it's very important to build the relationship first. So I've been able to connect with a couple gluten-free brands. They've given me some products to share via social media. So again, just continuing to build that relationship to see if it can grow into something a little bit bigger. And what do you, what do you look for if you're, because now you're telling us that you're building on a relationship, but what do you look for to actually get a stronger partnership with a brand? Um, I think just kind of looking at what they're sharing on their social media and how I can contribute to that. Again, I think Dakota and I offer something unique as far as being athletes, because um, I mean, you can look at any food brand and they're just kind of posting, you know, images of recipes or, you know, meals. Um, but for us, you know, there is a whole community of athletes that are gluten-free that, you know, might find 
these products accessible for their diet when they're preparing for their lifestyle. So I think that's something where I try to navigate that into conversations and messages, just what makes me unique that will help their, their brand and their company, which then in return helps kind of myself brand. It's more than just products, right? If you, if you're looking for a partnership it's more than just receiving products, how do you guys see that? What, what do you want in a partnership? What just, what do you want to receive or give back to the, the, the partner, the sponsor, but also to your audience? Um, I think, again, just kind of awareness and support, I think, is the biggest thing right now, building this, you know, relationship and community. Again, I think the biggest thing that I can just kind of relate to is if I had known about like all these gluten free products and specifically gluten free recipes for athletes, um, I think it would have made my process and those first couple years of figuring out this diet a little bit easier. So I think, again, the biggest thing is just, I guess, giving more exposure to it. Yeah, definitely. If it's something that you're trying to, I guess, find a partnership or a sponsorship for, it's a cause that you stand for. So it's definitely about spreading awareness and trying to grow the community around it. Even just like six months ago, if I was able to have or have listened to a podcast like this, that would have been super helpful. Yeah, I love that. I love the fact that you guys are saying this because I feel like some people really like the sponsorship because they receive products they need, um, but they forget about how it can affect their audience, like the the, the, inf- the influence they can have on their audience, but also the positive impact it can have on your personal brand. Um, because I think the moment you share value and you share your story, it has a positive influence on your personal brand. How how do you guys see that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think like Dakota was saying, when you kind of share similar values and stand for a cause, you know, you're going to be able to connect and build even a bigger community. I just think, again, a lot of what we do playing football, and I've also been coaching, a lot of it is connecting with younger athletes. And again, just being able to share our story and, you know, you might share your story to a hundred people and it might only affect one person, but knowing that one person found something out of it, that's good enough for me. I like it really that you talk a lot about communities. You have the gluten free community, you have the well, climate change community basically as well, the women's football community. Um, and we would like at least for the gluten-free community, we want you both to give give them something away, something for the end of the podcast. And I think we're talking about food, so there must be a recipe that you can share, your favorite one, that your listeners would like, would, know, would love to hear and would love to try to make. So who wants to give their favorite recipe or do you have the same one because you have been talking about it so often (laughs) I think we have the same one um I introduced Dakota to a good it's a banana oat bar so it's like four or five ingredients it's just bananas oats a little bit of cinnamon um chocolate chips and you just kind of mix that all together mash it up 
bake it for about 20 minutes and you've got yourself like a good kind of, I mean, I eat it before trainings in the morning. Um, it's just a good kind of like breakfast bar, or like you can add, you know, nut butter or seed butter and make it like a protein bar, but it's hundred percent gluten-free. You get your yeah carbs from the oats, you get your bananas, a little bit of energy and sugar kick with the chocolate or add some peanut butter for protein. Perfect one for athletes now, right? Yeah. Wondered. How, how did you find this recipe? Is it some uh, someone else from the community who told it to you or you just invented it yourself? Um, I actually, my teammate in Iceland, she was a baker. Um, she's not gluten-free, but because of when we were living together, she would bake a bunch of things and she always kind of felt bad that I couldn't eat, you know, her amazing cookies and cake. So she made this banana oat bar and she actually did not like it at all, but I loved it. So I've kind of, you know, modified it along the way. So nice. that's amazing. Nice. Maybe we can uh, we can share the, the recipe on our website so our listeners can yeah. get access to it as well. Yeah. With a photo of you that you're promoting it, of course, so you can <laughs> see it as well. I want to thank you a lot for sharing your stories, share how you both cope with gluten-free and like it's been a super positive podcast and like as the coach mentioned maybe in the beginning that you were a little bit like shy of having allergies um but i think how you showed how to live with with gluten-free is also a big inspiration for for everyone basically and like again for the whole community so i believe you're a great role model for it so keep up keep up the good work and uh, yeah, thank you for joining joining this episode. Thank you Thanks for having, for having us. us.